0: Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement, as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. I don't think that there is anything more pressing in terms of the tech policy realm today and, in general, the uh, domestic policy realm. So, very important. But we're here today. This is insane, the fact that she is here. And this she in question is Haya Rachik. as you guys know, the creator of Lives of TikTok, and the author of a new book, No More Secrets the Candy Cavern. So thank you so much for coming. This is I'm like as you can tell so excited uh, for you to be here. Um, you're you're pretty famous. We were getting no stopped pressure <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We uh, we were getting stopped on the street and people were like great job, like great work, keep it up. Um, and I think that's just a testament to the fact that the work that you're doing is so important. So what I want to know is when did you start doing this? What do you do and why?
1: So during COVID, when the world was turned upside down, um, I was stuck at home just like all the rest of you. And I stumbled across TikTok. And I think TikTok was really starting to get big just then during COVID because people were home, they were bored, they were looking for something to do, something new and interesting. Um, And I saw all this content. um, And originally, it was just the COVID stuff, it was, um, you know, like, uh, you know, Lord Fauci and all the vaccine songs and they were singing about how excited they are to get vaccinated and this is while Americans are losing their jobs for refusing, um, for refusing to take the vaccine. Um, so I was like, okay, like this is really funny, interesting, um, entertaining, so I'll post these videos to Twitter um, and that's what I did and the videos started getting a lot of attention. People really liked it because it was really fun. Um, so it was like sort of just a fun hobby. And then I came across the other side of TikTok, which was the uh, activists, the groomers, the predators, and those people were basically, I realized that they were targeting kids on TikTok um, or targeting kids in real life and boasting about it on TikTok. And I was like, this is really insane. And like no one was talking about this. And I was like, this is, it was so shocking, absolutely shocking. And that's when I was like, I have to show this to more people. So my hobby account turned into a mission. To protect children um, and to expose the far left agenda that wants to sexualize them and confuse them about their identity. So I started posting all those videos to Twitter, and then I mean the rest is sort of history. It exploded like crazy. I think that the American people were just absolutely shell shocked because they've never seen this before. So it just exploded. The account gr- uh, grew so quickly, and and here I am.
0: What do you think? And and this is something we were we were talking about before, like what makes TikTok so different? Because people talk about, you know, Facebook and Instagram, and and we know sort of some of the odious content on those platforms. But what makes TikTok particularly bad in your eyes?
1: Well, besides for the security issues, which we all know about, um, I think that TikTok is is geared towards youth. It's geared towards young kids, right? Some estimates say that two thirds of American teens are on TikTok. So this is an app that is for youth and for our, our children. And um, I believe that the the algorithm is so sophisticated that they that China is basically uh, pushing this content in front of kids. Um, they're pushing uh, gender ideology. They're pushing content that um, creates division in America, um, hatred of America, um, and what, what our country was founded on. Um, but what caught my eye and what I focus on is the, the transgender activists on TikTok. And, and some of them are so brazen that they outright say, you know, I'm, I am here to, you know, I'm only talking to the kids on this app. And they'll say, you should cut off contact with your parents. Uh, your parents don't know what's best for you. They don't have your best interests in mind. Come talk to me. And that's a theme that I see on TikTok a lot, where they're specifically targeting kids in order to, to groom them.
0: So you talked about some of the, the terrible things that you've seen. What would you say are some of the worst things that you've seen uh, running your account on TikTok?
1: The, the worst, okay, so the absolute worst video I've ever seen was a... Four year old child holding a stripper's hand walking down like the stripper uh, aisle where however they perform. And on both sides, there's adults laughing and clapping and they're enjoying the show. Um, absolutely shocking. I mean, that, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. And the silver lining, though, is that unfortunately for the bar where this happened, it was in Florida and they have Governor DeSantis. And he was not <laughs> going to stand for this. So they actually lost their liquor license. So that's
0: interesting, yeah, yeah.
1: And the media credited me. That, I mean, the media. Well, they probably use the word blame, but I use the word credited that for for this bar, <laughs> for this bar uh, actually, you know, action happening and, and losing their liquor license.
0: And I think that that's critical too, because uh, you know, we again were talking earlier and. We were trying to figure out you know, what we can do to, to message this. Um, how do we let the American people know that this is happening? And you just said, present the facts, tell the truth. Is there anything else you would add to that?
1: Well, yeah, so first of all, I think the, the reason Liza TikTok is so effective is because that's all it does it just it just presents the facts, so I basically just take the content, there's no editorial, there's very minimal commentary, if any, and it's like it's they can't they can't defend it, they can't deny it because it's just straight up facts. um so I think we just have to keep sharing it, keep exposing it in that way um and for People who aren't on Twitter or on social media or on TikTok, um, you know, I think we need to share, we, we need to somehow uh, convince um, the people who are on there to sort of start their own grassroots movement. Um, and that could be just, you know, with your parents, with your siblings. So to, to just keep sharing this content with anyone and, and everyone, really. And that's how I think we're going to combat it, is to just show it um, as it is.
0: So I think. What we're missing here in America today, through a lot of individuals, is courage. And you've taken a lot of arrows for people like us, for our children. What, how has that affected you? And what would be your message to the parents sitting in this room when we have to try to figure out, you know, how to be brave, how to be courageous? You know, you've you've gone through a lot without Taylor Lorenz and and, and all that. So. How has that experience impacted you? And then, what would you tell people who, frankly, should be following in your footsteps?
1: Well, I would say that I came onto the scene. I had zero background in media, in politics, in journalism. I had no connections. You know, I'm not like Hunter Biden who could travel around the world using my last name to pick up bags of cash. Like, I didn't have that last name (laughs) of recognition. Um, And and I've, I came on the scene, and I was able, I think, to make a huge difference um, in, in legislation across the country and schools. And it just shows the power of one person. So one person can, dis- can see an, an issue and can decide that they want to do something about it and to make a, to make a difference.
0: And I think it's really important. And it's really important what you're doing here, too, because we talk about um, young people. And and to people in the policy world in DC, it can sound a little, oh, you know, mom's complaining about social media and all of uh, these issues. But it's really, truly important. So why did you choose to write this book? And what is it about?
1: So one of the first steps of Groomers is to cut off the parent and sever the parent-child relationship Isolate the child and then prey on them. So this is something that I've seen over the past two years of running my account, and and something that has been a common theme. So I was like, you know, I've been doing this for two years. I've exposed so much. I think the time has come to really give parents and children a tool um, to combat this. So basically, my book is basically uh, teaches uh, parents and children to have a trusting relationship. It, it encourages having a strong family unit. And then it basically teaches kids that if there's a trusted adult who tells you, um, you know, don't tell your parents this, let's keep this a secret, this is just between us, then the child should know that that's a huge red flag, that's predatory, and they should be able to come to the parent right away with that information and not get trapped.
0: So I think that's really important. Is there anything else that you would tell parents, not just about um, you know, how the, the techniques of these groomers, but about TikTok in particular, what their children are seeing, what to stay away from? Um, short of a ban uh, in Congress, uh, then you know, what, what do you tell parents until uh, hopefully a ban is passed?
1: Yeah, well, I say like just look at the content that's on there and then see if you want your kid to be able to have access to that. So some some one of the complaints against me is like, "Oh, you just you cherry-pick and you just make fun of these people who are suffering from gender dysphoria." And my answer is like, "No, the reason I'm showing the American people what's on this app is because this is the app that your children are on. This is the app. This is the content that your children are are watching and and soaking in every single day." So just, just, just take a look at that. I mean, it takes literally 10 seconds for you to be like, I do not want my kid anywhere near this thing. So, um, yeah, I would. I mean, personally, I wouldn't let my kids have smartphones until they're like 16. But um, that's just me. It's, it's all social media, really. But specifically with TikTok, uh, with the algorithm and the way that they embed the gender ideology into, into our kids.
0: Yeah, and the reason why you're here today is because the TikTok CEO is testifying, had testified on the Hill for the first time. And we held our own alternative press conference to the TikTok influencers that came yesterday and said things like what we've talked about. Republicans don't have swag. That's the only reason why they want to ban TikTok. Um, but but you're here to because of what's happening in Congress. If you could tell Congress members anything, what would you tell them?
1: Um, I would tell them, you know, look, like what kind of future do you want? Because the whole reason why we wanna one of the reasons why we want to ban TikTok is because of all of the the sexualization and the grooming of kids that's happening on the app. And the and the reason obviously, you know, my whole mission is to protect childhood innocence. Um, and and the reason is because I mean, what you know, these are the, the people who are gonna be leading our country in a couple of years is our children, right? And what kind of what kind of country do we wanna to leave to them? Um, so I think uh, protecting children is always the number one priority. And the sad thing is that up until a few, a few like years ago, this was not a partisan issue. It was most of the stuff that I talk about on my account. It, it's not, it's not really debatable. It wasn't debatable up until very recently. And it really shouldn't be a partisan issue, but unfortunately, it's become that. Um, and I would say, you know, put politics aside. Let's do whatever we have to do to protect our children.
0: That's extremely well said. Um, I think you, you talked a little bit earlier about how um, if TikTok goes away, if there's a ban on TikTok, then you know, what would you do? People are like, hey, you know, that's the golden goose. Why would you want TikTok to be banned? What do you say to those guys?
1: Well, the, these people are on all apps. So I'll post Instagram stuff. I'll post stuff from Instagram, <laughs> from YouTube, from Facebook. Um, but the bottom line is that I, I don't really I don't care about my account. I care about protecting children. So if my account, uh, you know, I, I would love for my account to become irrelevant, right? You know, take all the pornography out of schools, ban sexually explicit adult drag shows for, for kids, ban stripper shows, ban gender mutilation, uh, genital mutilation on kids. And if when all that stuff goes away, all, my job is done. So I'll close my account happily. Like I'll, that's my dream. So I, I'm not too worried about, about my account. I, I never did this for for the for the fame or for, for anything else other than the mission.
0: I love that, and I wanted everyone to hear that because that is courage. So we're we're working on a little bit of an expedited program. So we'll take questions from the audience right now. If anyone has a question.: all right, sir in the front. Uh, hello. Um... Oh, microphone's coming. Oh, thank you. Um, first of all, think as
1: a brother of a 13-year-old, I want to say thank you very much for the work you're doing. Um, it sounds like from this hearing that it's very likely that TikTok will be banned. But what after TikTok is banned, what do we do with American companies that are promoting this ideology to our children? How do we make sure that we we stop what they're doing?
0: Do you want to take that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, policy-wise, I mean, I think when it comes to the the smut that these uh, big tech platforms are peddling on uh, their digital applications. There's, there's no secret that it's happening. And we've got a lot of insight into that because of whistleblower leaks from 2021 to The Wall Street Journal, Instagram. Um, I think you everyone knows the stats now. 6% of American teenagers, women in particular, uh, trace their suicidal thoughts and ideation directly to Instagram. If women felt bad about their bodies, American teenagers, women, the girls, uh, felt bad about their bodies, uh, one in three said that Instagram made them feel worse. Uh, now we know. Um, and you know, there's there's TikTok in particular. Uh, 16% of American teens are use, saying that they use it almost constantly. 67% say they they use it at least a little bit. Um, but when it comes to the other platforms, I think you you frankly need. Um, a a national data protection framework. Um, Something that we talk about with TikTok is TikTok, even if there's a ban, like there's a ban on government devices, they can still get user data because of third parties, because of different sort of collections. We think that um, every American deserves to understand how their data is collected, stored, and shared. There has to be transparency. There has to be um, truth in advertising, as my old boss, Laura Reese, has said about this. Um, So I think making sure to enshrine privacy protections um, when it comes to the other platforms, that's critical. And also exposing um, the, the design of these platforms. That's why I love that you talk about the design of the algorithm uh, and whatnot, because when these companies, uh, like one in particular, is saying preteens, preteens, that's nine to 11 year olds typically, are a valuable, this is a quote, valuable but untapped audience, then you have a problem. Then it's deliberate, and then they're expanding, they're targeting of this younger and younger demographic that needs to stop. There's various pieces of legislation, uh, like the Kids Online Safety Act, um, like EARNIT, that are, are trying to tackle this issue. Um, and, and thankfully, there's been a lot of bipartisan light shed on this. But I, I frankly think um, a lot of those proposals need to be seriously considered, um, especially elements that have privacy by design, have um, very stringent default settings, have any breach of parental controls is required to be have uh, publicly available. There has to be public uh, reports on what these platforms are actually doing, uh, that sort of transparency and teeth along with it is going to go a long way to, to really stemming um, the tide of this, this onslaught.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the, the Chinese TikTok is actually completely different from the American one. It's very educational. And then for us, <laughs> China is giving our kids uh, information on how to transition and stuff. So um, there's definitely something unique with TikTok in how they target the kids. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, it is a problem across all social media platforms. And I think that the way to answer that is like what you said with some, with legislation.
0: Perfect. You're speaking my language. (laughs) Um, Any other questions? Oh, thank you. Um, so I have a sister who's sick, so I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, what do we say to our more libertarian minded (laughs) colleagues who always tell us that when the government does stuff it's bad and, and it's always the parents responsibility to take care of this sort of thing what, what what are we supposed to say to them that like no this is actually something where government needs to get involved like how do, how do you phrase that
1: yeah so it's interesting i get a lot of messages from people who are like i'm a liberal i'm a democrat i can't really follow you i can't like any of your stuff but i love what you're doing and, and they're like, I could lose my job if I follow you, but I, I absolutely love this. And I think when it specifically when it comes to what I discuss, which is protecting children, um, I think that a lot of a lot of, of liberals and Democrats are actually on our side. So it's it's this it's this far left uh, group that really promote you know porn in schools and stripper shows for kids and mutilation surgeries. So I think the majority of America is on our side. And has this been pulled?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, there is a, um, a new poll um, uh, conducted by the Ethics and Public Policy Center and the Institute for Family Studies uh, that found in the realm of 80% of parents, or people in general, advocate for parental controls on these platforms. So overwhelmingly, people want to see uh, much more stringent measures, if not technically, than in legislation, like you said.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the way is to just show them, uh, some, to show them the content. right? Like, like whenever they, they say like, oh, you guys are, are book banners. You know, you're banning books in schools. I just show them the picture. And this is going to be graphic, but I show them the, pic- the cartoon picture from a book called Gender Queer, where there's a kid giving another kid a blowjob. And it's like, this is in middle schools and high schools. You show that to your libertarian friend and ask them to defend it, they're not going to be able to. So it just,
0: just, out, just show them what, what,
1: what it is exactly up front, like what's happening.
0: And that, I mean, you can't lose sight of the ultimate outcome, right? It's not freedom for the sake of freedom. It's freedom for the sake of doing good, Uh, and that's what we're we're after here. You know, it's not freedom for its own sake, but freedom to do the good. And I think that's what defines conservatism, frankly. um, And and hopefully that would appeal to the better natures or the better angels of the natures of your libertarian friends. Thank you. That's gonna be very helpful. Any other questions? And also, it's a CCP spy app, so I mean, there's a national secure. I mean, come on, <laughs> right here in the center. Oh, that's not a, a TikTok-related question, uh, but I would refer you to uh, "Combating Big Tech's Totalitarianism," a report by the Heritage Foundation, released in February of 2022, uh, where <laughs> we we uh, we basically say there there needs to be more more scrutiny. Uh, we we need to, I think interrogate that question um all options need to, to be on the table when it comes to this. Um, common carrier legislation as well. I think there's um, the antitrust package that went forward uh, in the Omni. I'm not sure if you saw it last year. Um, I think that goes a long way in rectifying some of these issues. There were three uh, bills in that package in particular. Our action arm uh, supported that, rightfully so, I believe, um, as, as far as I can say in terms of the policy. So um, I, I think that there, we need to get creative. We need to get creative as conservatives because the status quo, business as usual, is frankly deleterious to the next generation of citizens. In my mind, it's a five alarm fire. And it's only going to get worse if we don't do something. The status quo is unacceptable. The reason why we're here is to make recommendations to policymakers. And policymakers need to lead and do something. So my question is more game plan related. Uh, today's hearing was
1: fantastic for our cause. We proved a lot of good points, but of course, TikTok has to be dropping millions of dollars in lobbying right now, and they're obviously very—they're uh, granting a lot of concessions and they're all oh, plan Texas and all that uh, or whatever it's called. Uh, do you think that's going to work? Uh, is is the ban actually? possible, or do you think some people are going to squish?
0: So, yeah, I'll take that one. Sorry, she needs to be talking. Come on. Um, So, you know, I think that we've already seen upwards of $5 million spent um, on lobbying for TikTok. We saw recently, uh, through some interesting investigative reporting on White House visitor logs, that um, Biden administration officials, John Podesta, senior advisor, was visited in the White House by a TikTok lobbyist. Um, You have ostensibly uh, American uh, um, uh, trade associations, you know, in bed with the CCC. Uh, via ByteDance and TikTok, um, so I, I think those efforts are, are still going strong. They're throwing a lot of money at the problem. Clearly, um, the the CEO today was coached. Um, you know, I, I I disagree with the characterization of your question. You know, who talks like that unless somebody was paid for and sitting there? So. Um, I, I think we're going to continue to see, especially because they know they're losing and the momentum is against them. When you have Senator Warner come forward and and disagree with CNN hosts who are parroting TikTok talking points uh, and say, you know, respectfully, that's your fact checkers need to be fact checked. This is not correct information. Uh, Chinese-based engineers have access to U.S. user data repeatedly, non-public data from China. Um, TikTok always says mea culpa whenever they're caught. They take many measures to obfuscate a lot of these um, invasive collection practices. And they're going to, I think, continue to do what they're doing until they are um, not only exposed by people like Haya, like um, a lot of researchers, like the Heritage Foundation as well. They're going to keep doing what they're doing uh, until we can effectively stop them with a ban from a wholesale ban of TikTok operating in the US market.
1: me personally, I think there's only so much we can do um, on Capitol Hill. And I think that the real battle is going to have to be more so of uh, informal cultural enforcement. And so do you think that we have a fighting chance to uh, take back mainstream culture, or do we need to start developing a parallel culture? I am extremely hopeful for the future because already, I mean, so I've been doing my account for a little less than two years. And before that, no one was really talking about the issue with the sexualization of drag and the, the mutilation surgeries and stuff. And it's been about a year and a half, and already there is legislation being passed like across the country. So many states are, are passing um, bans on gender affirming care, so like giving kids puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and sex change operations. Um, states are banning drag for kids. Um, you know, they're, they're taking out porn from schools. they the parental rights and education bill in Florida was huge. Removing gender ideo- ideology altogether from in K to 12. So I, I think we're going to take back our culture. I mean, and, and like I said before, I think that the average American is on our side because they, they disagree with this too, even if they're a registered Democrat. So, um, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful, um, just because of all of the, the momentum that we have behind us, but I think you're right. I don't think it's all going to be solved on Capitol Hill. I think there's a lot of grassroots movements. It's it's gets solved in your own in your county. You know, going up and showing up to school board meetings, um, exposing what's going on. Um, you could run for school board. Uh, that's, I, that's, I think, where, where most of the action will happen. And, and that's where, actually, earlier, we had Robbie and Len Starbuck here um, from Tennessee. And they were really instrumental in Tennessee passing the drag ban for kids. And they are entirely grassroots. like They would just go around Tennessee, rile up like moms and, and the average person who was like, no way. They're not having these shows for kids. And they're like, yes, they are. Here's videos. And then Tennessee passed the drag ban. So I think it really starts locally.
0: Uh, Yeah, totally well said. Any other questions? Right here in front.
1: I'm here and I'm launching an academy here in Washington, D.C., the first of 55 for our 50 states and five U.S. territories, Christian conservative military schools for our children, because I cannot even understand how these things even got into our schools. You couldn't have told me. 11 years ago, when I started my PhD, not knowing that this would be happening today in, our, in this nation, in our nation. How did we get here? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> I don't know if I have the answer. I mean, I, I think it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, specifically in the schools, I think that most likely, um, conservatives I think just weren't really paying attention to this to the school boards and to this to the, the school board elections. And the left, um, they're very smart and strategic. And they saw they foresaw this. And they have I mean, up until a few years ago, um, I think that the left controls probably the majority of school boards in this country. Because and even in, in red counties, because conservatives just weren't really acting on it. And then over COVID, like when the classroom was suddenly in these parents' living rooms, right, the schools were closed down, they saw what was happening. That's really when the momentum started, um, started really getting big. And people were like, we got to stop this, like, this is really insane. And then I was able to help as well. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think that This has been going on for a while. And and people say, you know, why is it happening now? I think there's been porn in schools for for years. I mean, we're just only talking about it now. But I think it's been years. We just didn't know. We weren't paying attention. And now we are. I mean, the parental movement in America is not going to slow down.
0: I love that. And I know we have more questions here. But we got a fantastic online question that I have to ask. And I'm kind of jealous I didn't think of it myself. Uh, But how can we go about addressing this with our kids? What do we tell our kids?
1: So, I wrote a book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. Uh, do we plan this? <laughs> um, no
1: so, yeah, I mean, I think that if someone's gonna prey on their on a child um, the I think the best way to to stop that is if the child has a good relationship with the parent because obviously the parent is the best advocate for the child. The parent knows their child the best, and if you want your child to be able to come to you with any of these issues that they're seeing either on social media or in the classroom, anywhere, if they if they see um, you know some disturbing behavior, um, they should have they should have that trust. Um, that they can go to their parent and discuss it. So I think good parenting. I mean, good parenting is number one.
0: And what would you say, and this is something I don't, I don't think they would object to me sharing this anecdote, but at the press conference today, we had young women there. Um, they made homemade signs. And they wanted to um, you know, show their generation that they have to say no. That um, one of the signs said, TikTok makes me hate myself. And that was written in, frankly, almost a, to me, a child's handwriting. Um, and they didn't want to be on camera because they were actually afraid, uh, once they sort of made overtures to do so, they were afraid of what their peers would say. So what do you tell maybe a, a, a child that's a little bit older that is afraid of the peer pressure that they're going to get by taking a stand, not just against you know, using TikTok, but as one online question has asked um, on opting out of CRT, gender indoctrination, sexually explicit materials promoted in classrooms, how did they opt out? What, do you, what would you say to a young girl you know, yourself years ago?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like I don't think there's an easy answer. I understand the struggle, and when people reach out to me, not just young people but older people as well, they're like, "You know I have this going on at my work, or I'm a teacher, and this is going on, but I'm scared to say anything i I completely understand i'm not judging that at all because you can literally lose your job if you speak out, so how much more so for a young kid, it's really scary um, I, you know, if they if they don't have the courage to do that, I would say, you know, you can reach out to me. Like, I don't have, I'm not going to lose my job. <laughs> this my job. So, if you see some, if you know, if you have critical race theory in your school or or you're seeing uh, really uh, disturbing behavior in the classroom or on social media, like if you can't speak out, I get it, and you could send it to someone who could speak out on your
0: behalf. That's actually amazing. Uh, uh, we have one more minute left. Time for one more question in the back. So, I wanted to know how did it actually
1: feel to be doxxed by Taylor Lorenz? And do you think it's actually backfired pretty much against her and all of the liberal media? I think this is like the best case of the strides into fact that we've ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, my following well, the whole goal of Libs of TikTok is to show the American people about what is going on, right, with this, with this far left agenda and so the the whole goal is that people should see the content. So when Taylor doxed me, my following tripled within like 3 days. <laughs> so I went from I think I had like 500,000 followers when she doxed me and within a month I was at like 1.3. So awesome. so she so so she it actually totally backfired um, and I mean, obviously, it was very stressful for me, very scary, very chaotic. I'm not going to lie. I had to go into hiding. It was very scary. But there is a silver lining in everything. And I think that's it. And I mean, I don't think they ever thought that this would happen. And now I am able to help so many more people because of the exposure. Um, I'm able to go, I mean, here I am. (laughs) I'm able to go around and and to do more good work. And that's what I'm going to continue doing.
0: I think we can all agree that God works in mysterious ways. So what's next for Haya? <laughs> it's
1: a good question. So I mean, I am considering writing a whole line of books because I think that the left has taken over basically all the entertainment, right? From from Disney to all to to books. I mean, all of the books in, in elementary schools are all about gender and stuff. So I think we need to just push like good Quality kids content out there, so maybe we'll do that. This was just the first um, But I am I'm scheduled to speak at a couple of places over the next few months So I'm just gonna go out there. I'm gonna keep talking about this I'm gonna keep exposing them and I am gonna make them very nervous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it Hiya Rachik everyone. Thank you so much for coming Thank you for